Welcome back to the Loftcast. I'm Ian Taylor and today I'm joined by Andy Sinton and Paul Morrissey. Rangers picked up another point on Saturday afternoon, this time at Bolton Wanderers. But yet again, there was a feeling of what might have been for Ian Holloway's team after a dominant second half display. Now with two home games on the not too distant horizon, it's a chance for Holloway's side to put right the wrongs of those recent performances with the visit of Wolves and Sheffield United to Loftus Road. As we look ahead to those two fixtures, we'll be getting the views of Ollie's right-hand man, Mark Burcham. Andy Sinton, uh, first and only place to start, really. Uh, a 1-1 draw against Bolton on Saturday. And I'm getting rather fed up of saying this now. It could and probably should have been all three points for Ian Holloway's side. Yeah, I think I'm like you and many of our fans that share that sort of frustration. You know, another game that, you know, we know what was, um, what could have been, and arguably what should have been, uh, you know, up at Bolton. But... Uh, yeah, frustrating because I think we certainly deserved the point probably more. It was a really open start to the game, wasn't it? It flowed from end to end and it was a bit of a surprise there weren't goals in that opening stanza because Powell Shirt was getting into some great room on the right-hand side, linking up well with Jamie McInerney during the opening 10 to 15 minutes. And then at the other end, Bolton were enjoying a, a fair share amount of possession as well. But Rangers were certainly on top in the in the opening exchanges. Yeah, I felt so. I thought we were you know, in the ascendancy, certainly in no difficulty. I think Adam Armstrong had a 20-yard shot that you know, Alex has got covered all day. Uh, you're right, the first 10 minutes, we, we got in behind up that right-hand side. Uh, Josh Goins had a great shot that the keeper have saved then. Uh, we go up the other end and concede from a corner. I wasn't I wasn't at the game on Saturday up at Bolton and judging by the, the weather, I wasn't too disappointed to be, to be missing those conditions up north. But what is it since that you feel is the missing ingredient at the moment? Because it's almost like each week, is a, like you said, Ian, you, you're fed up saying it. It's, we're, we're so close, it, it feels like. And people say, we haven't won in seven. Yeah, absolutely, we haven't won in seven. We've drawn five of those seven games. What is it that's missing? Because it does feel like you look at us play sometimes and we create openings and we pass through the thirds. And it's just that there's that ingredient that's missing. And, and it seems that, that was um, prevalent again up at Bolton. It's probably the most vital ingredient in football. It's, uh, you know, at the, the top end of the pitch, it's probably just that little bit of uh, quality. Well, that's, you know, a, a final pass. Uh, we worked some great cro crossing opportunities the other day. And probably a little bit ruthless and turning some of the half chances into chances if you like you know because that can make the difference but i think we're very close uh but at the minute we have to somehow find a way and i'm sure ian's scratching his head and his coaching staff are scratching his head because we are uh, how we're not turning these draws into wins but i suppose um ian that ian holloway would have been pleased with the re reaction second half he said after the game he wasn't too pleased with how his team performed in the first half and they, was, they went against the game plan after we, we went a goal behind. But the second half, it seemed there was a reaction. I think the frustrating thing in the first half was that Mark Bertram and Ian Holloway both said that we'd worked a lot on defending set pieces um, because Bolton, in Ollie's words, are probably the biggest side yeah, he's ever side, come up yeah. against. Yeah. Um, and we lost, obviously, two headers that led to Darren Prattley nodding in the, the opening goal. But the response was there for 15 minutes um, or, or 10 minutes or so. Um, we did panic and we did kind of fall back to our own ways. a little bit, didn't we? Yeah. Um, Goal shook us. And we're, we're at sixes and sevens defensively. But second half, it was, I mean, you weren't there, Paul, but it was literally one-way traffic. It was, I wasn't at the Sunderland game and it sounded like it was very similar to the Sunderland game. And eventually we got our our, our, our noses back on level terms, sank to, 
uh, Idris Asilla's goal and uh, it was quite an exquisite finish. I wasn't sure whether he meant it at first, but when you watch it back on the on the highlights reel, it was a, a really clever finish from Idris. Yeah, it's, it's probably all he can do. You know, he improvises. Uh, you know, again, credit to Luke Freeman, another assist. Mm, yeah. six, know, six of the season. Six on the season. He's on the right-hand side. He comes back on that great left foot he's got. He puts in a great cross. You know, defenders going towards their own keeper, but actually Idris Asilla's gone past the ball. So the only thing then he can do is improvise as he did and, you know, that back flick and it goes in. It's a great finish for me. Really good finish. With Idrissa Silid, what's your your thoughts on him? Your verdict on him? He's he's almost a difficult player to describe how he is or what he is. But what he does do is score goals. What I do know, he, if you get enough stuff in the box, he's he's got a chance of getting on the end of it, as he's shown time and time again. Most of his goals here when he's come off the bench. You know, but he, he has that ability to find half a yard and, you know, what was he? He was our top scorer last year, wasn't he? Ten goals. Mm. Um, he's got four this year. You know, if you put stuff in the box, I feel he'll get on the end. I think he's worked really, really hard the last couple of games because you know, he hasn't had much of a look in, but he's been given a chance up at Sunderland. He took it. Probably our best player up there was a real handful and did really well for, for me again on uh, on Saturday up at Bolton. I got a bit of stick on the social media channels for keep mentioning Storm Brian, but <laughs> you've played um, a number of, or hundreds of games um, as a professional footballer. You've watched hundreds of games as well and uh, in your recent role as QPR Plus Passes co-commentator. Where does that rank? Because those conditions were... Okay, they're the same for both teams, but it was raining cats and dogs for 90 minutes. The wind was hurling around as well. It made it very difficult, and it was quite a good spectacle given the conditions. Yeah, it was a good game of football from both sides, you know. Uh, but yeah, the conditions, and yet, before anyone says, they're the same for both sides, but you have to contend with it. But I was looking at the pitch the way, mm-hmm. the longer the game went on, and I'm sure another 10, 15 minutes, yeah, I, I probably would right. have been in danger of the referee blowing a whistle. The ball just wasn't rolling, wasn't was it, rolling, in the final but, 10 minutes? Uh, so that's when sometimes you look at the conditions. That's not a game to run with a ball. You actually go simple, stick it in the box, and you play on mistakes and set plays, and you try and get something. And credit to us with the personnel we've got, we're able to do that. And with yeah, you like you make a good point there. With Matt Smith coming on, he did create problems just because of his size. I don't think he was actually involved too much, but um, he, all, he almost drags two defenders towards him because of his presence, doesn't it? It just gives you another another option, if you mm. like. And I'm a great believer that good sides, uh, or any side that's going to do quite well, should be adaptable, can change. And Matty, you know, there'll be arguments to and fro and whether he should start, whether he shouldn't. That's not our bag. But, you know, he does cause that physical presence problem when he is on the pitch. So a good point or two points dropped? <laughs> I was probably more disappointed with the point of at Sunderland because I felt that was really there to win. You know, uh, I don't think Bolton showed they were a bottom of the league side. Uh, and given the conditions, I'm not saying I'm happy with the point, but we stick a point on the board, we move on, and we've got Wolves in town at the weekend. Well, Birch, we're preparing for the next game. It's against Wolves, so we're flying high at the top of the championship. But firstly, just reflecting on the season as a whole, it seems the word that's coming out of the dressing room is... Frustration, frustration because we're that close. There's a feeling we're that close. Yeah, definitely. You look at the draws we've got. Even the even the last three or four. You go back to Burton at home. We didn't play that well, but done more than enough to win it. Uh, Barnsley away was the better team. Ended up scoring last minute to get a draw, but we still was disappointed that we got the draw. And then we go up to Sunderland and outplay them out possess them out shoot them and done exactly the same to Bolton and come away with two draws and you, getting points away in the championship is a hard thing anyway but when you go up there and we've played as well as we have done the lads are disappointed but buoyant that, mm. that, that's the thing you, you look at the team we're, 
we're playing with Endeavour, we're playing with Tenacity, every every team that we play and every team we put out. Remember, we've had five centre-backs fall out mm. and for any team to have a major injury blow into one position is massive. You can have injuries around your squad and you can sort of deal with it, but it, it's a testament to the team how we've dealt with it in that one position because, as we said, the, the injury to to first-team players and potential starters is, is, is damaging for any team, but we've, we've come out of it. And I think yeah, you've got to listen to the to the fans as well, the ones that have come to the game. Even the, the one defeat we've had in the last, I think it's seven games, was Fulham at home. And we played really well and should have won the game. And the, the fans appreciated that. And even the fans going away, they've seen how, how well we've produced. And it's an entertaining style of football. And we're in every game. And they really appreciate it. And just want to thank them ones that have gone away to them games. If they've not been local games mm -hmm. in the last three, Barnsley, Sunderland and Bolton. And it weren't really a summer's day there on Saturday. But they stayed they stayed to the end. And uh, they showed their appreciation. I think the players have showed their appreciation by saying thanks. Like you understand, we're we're trying and we're so nearly there. I don't think I've ever seen um, the fans applaud the players off the pitch so much in one season, win, lose, or draw, because there there is that acceptance and that acknowledgement from the terraces that the players out there are giving everything. What do you think is missing? Because, like we say, we do seem to be that close to to really sort of moving up towards the the top half of the table. What do you think is the missing ingredient at the moment? A lucky goal. Okay. It <laughs> is. If we, could get, if we could get a deflection that goes in. A, but it is just a goal in, in one of these games. As I've said, we've had... What, Fulham only had 24 shots. Mm. Only, I think, six were on target. And then the net. So we, we worked on it that week about... Uh, don't be so frivolous with your chances and the, that extra concentration. Go up to Sunderland, I think it was 17 shots, 12 was on target, so we've improved that. And, and this week we outshot Bolton, it was 15, I think it was 7 on target. So them sort of stats, that's the sort of ratio you want to get the chances. And look, you, you just need one of them goals. And as we said, like if one of them draws turns into a win, mm. we're, we're 12th or 11th in the table, that's how close it is. And that's how close it is in this division but I think all you can affect is your performance if we perform the same way we've got our philosophy of how we want to play and we said that last year and we've stuck to the formation and we've tried to stick to the team as much mm. as possible but within all the injuries we couldn't and uh, I think with the the way the transfer budget was this year knowing that we didn't have really anything to spend it's we the team has worked with itself and it knows this is the squad that we've got going forward and it's just about being competitive in every game which I think we've had I think it was only one game we've lost by more than one goal that was Norwich away where we should have got something out of the game so we, we there's buoyancy in the squad where whatever game we play we think yeah, we've got a great chance of winning mm. this because the way that we are is working as a team, we're like off the ball, getting chances, and that's the, like we've played Bolton away there. We're going to play the who are bottom. We're going to play the league leaders at home, and it's going to be the same mentality. We're going to get after you. We're going to try and win the ball back and create chances. And what aspect so far this season has pleased you, the management team, the most? The work rate of the team and the attitude of the team no matter what the score is whether we're winning or losing we've said it's the same process and the same thought of the team and the work rate and what their jobs are in the team and playing with the shirt with pride I think anyone who's come to any of our games this year 
we get the, the lads are going to the 95th minute, don't matter what the score is. And I think in the past few years, I think that's what's been missing with the club. And we've said that's what we've got to try and try and affect is the, the performance of the team for the whole game and, and not just for one game because QPR in the history are always up for the big games at home. It's the, the teams when you got down the bottom that we've historically struggled with. I mean, mm. From when I used to go watch in the 80s and 90s, it was would be great against Liverpool Man U's at home, but our records against Ipswich Norwich and Coventry's weren't the best. So we, we try to address that and I think the lads have responded with that. Mm. Like can, every game this year, we could have won. We could have also lost it because sometimes it's been in the wind. But I think we've we've dealt really well with the injuries that have been thrown at us, and it's not been like weak or two injuries. There've been big injuries mm. to to big players, and for any squad to deal with it with the way we have, it's not really affected our performances week by week. The fans have always said they want players to wear the blue and white hoops with pride, give everything and almost behave like they would if they were fortunate enough to, to wear the shirt. Now I remember you were involved in the youth team at the time when the club had players who perhaps didn't have the same pride in the shirt that you did when you played and I think it's fair to say you struggled to bite your lip at times with a, a few of them. How does this group compare now, as a, talking from a fan perspective if you like Birch, looking at these players wearing the shirt and how they go about themselves not only on a match day but also in training as well yeah it was it was hard to deal with it then it was even harder when I got moved up with with Mark Hughes and Harry Redknapp and Ewan and around them and <laughs> they're not to say putting 100% in on the Saturday and biting my lips a couple of times I lost it with a few but yeah that was the, that was the main thing as a as a fan you just want to win lose or draw of course you want to win every game you're a fan but win lose or draw you want to see that the players are giving hundred percent. That's all you can demand as a fan, as, as a coach. You want the way that me and Ollie were as players, and you just want the team to sort of represent your attitude as well. Mm. And our attitude was never say die, never give in, and try and represent whoever you're playing. And that's all. Before, as I said, like all can affect the performances. There might be something in games. You might get a bad penalty against you. You might get a wonder goal, which a couple of teams have scored mm. against us. You might get something that goes against you in the game, but you can just affect the performances and keep going and keep going. And hopefully, as we said, we might get a bit of luck or we we might score a couple of goals and it settles it all down. But like anyone who comes around it, it's not doom and gloom. You think like with the attitudes of the players we're in and around the playoffs, like they're looking forward to games, there there's an excitement around training and as I said, you look at the league, if at the last five draws, if one of them's a win, we're in we're in the twelfth or eleventh place in the league. So it can it can change so much and it is a cliche, you have to take it game by game and they are different. Bolton are a big physical team fighting for their lives at home at the bottom there they've drawn against us and they're disappointed but at the end of the game they're thankful for a point because the the way we played and the pressure we put on them now we're going to play against Wolves who a different style a different formation and we've just got to do what we got to do we want players out there who's going to run about and give everything for the shirt which they are Wolves at Loftus Road obviously Wolves are, are flying high and now one of the favourites for promotion is this the sort of game that could actually help to kickstart our season? Yeah, definitely. As, as I said, as the players, as a, even as a QPR fan, your league leaders at home, we're more than comfortable with, especially at Loftus Road. And we've not been at Loftus Road for a couple of weeks. Hopefully, mm. it should be a full house. And 
as we know, there's no better place than Loftus Road when there's a full house. It can be quite intimidating for the away team. I'm not saying make it intimidating, but if the fans are there, make it intimidating. It, it helps us out. And But I want to say as well that the, the players do really appreciate how positive the fans have been. Even games at home when we've gone down and we've managed to get back into it, mm. they feel like they're right with them. Where even parts of last year when we first come here, the players were a bit nervous playing at home. They was nervous to let the first goal in. They was nervous with how the game would go because the fans were a bit critical. And whether that was from before, where whether it weren't so much attacking or whether it was the work rate or commitment was questioned, from this season, from the first game, they've been with us. And I think the fans that are there week in, week out, realise it is a process. It's a bit of a changeover in the how the club has been run before and how, how it's going forward where we're getting players that are hungry and these players are, are really hungry and at Loftus Road there was an appreciation for them that the fans are with us and whatever happens in the game they are sticking with us and and it, it makes a big difference it does if, you, if you're if you a player there and you, you know the fans are backing you and they're positive you whatever happens it, it can only help us and we, we need that and especially on Saturday we're playing against the league leaders that's spent a few quid in the summer I think it's like nearly 30 million so <laughs> it's not chump change for them and uh, we've not spent that much in the summer And but we're good at being underdogs QPR we're comfortable mm. any QPR, I'm a QPR fan any QPR fan whatever game's on the telly you cheer for the underdog it's just <laughs> that's what we are and, and we're more comfortable being like that and that's not just this team that's historically as a club yeah. so Wolves at home we we know their strengths, we know their weaknesses, but as a team, it's all about our work rate and off the ball, and that's how we adjust ourselves, and hopefully we can get that win set there off the throw. The views there of uh, Mark Bertram, and there was one line that I, I took from that, uh, amongst many sound bites that you always get from Birch, but he said, we're in every game, and you can see the fans appreciate that, and, and Moz, you can, can't you? Because, again, the players got a good ovation from the supporters as they went up, um, you know, not just the 11 that finished the game, but the substitutes as well as they as they went up to the away end at the Macron Stadium and gave thanks to all those supporters that have braved the, the, the terrible conditions that we've just spoken about. But the fans do seem to be appreciating the effort that the players are putting in, if not the results that aren't coming at the moment. Definitely. And like when, when I said when I was speaking with Birch, I don't think I've seen QPR team get applauded off the pitch with such consistency, win, lose or draw, as they have this season. And the one that always sticks in my mind is the Fulham game, where I thought we were excellent. And in the end, we, we've lost the game at home to our local rivals. And the final whistle went, and it's certainly not just QPR, but if you lose a local derby at home, the final whistle often is followed by a chorus of boos, almost regardless of the performance, because there's that element of disappointment. But on the final whistle, there was silence, and then just applause went around the stadium, because the fans recognise what these QPR players are, are, are doing, how they're playing, how they're performing, the effort and passion and pride that I think that's one thing just jump in there I think that's one thing any fan at any club in any country uh, almost demands and quite rightly so is their players their team have a go Uh, you know whether we can criticise final passes or final pulls or missing chances that's one thing that we can't criticise QPR for this year is that level of or this season uh, under Ian and his coaching staff is that level of 
endeavour. They're going right to the end. You know, they never know when the beat, as we've seen a couple of times here, when they pulled it back. So that's a that's a real plus. And I, I believe that, well, the fans have been brilliant, home and away. They've got to stay with the team because uh, the team needs them, you know, at a, at a time where we haven't won for a, a, a few weeks or so. But as I say, I'm sure that elusive win is just round the corner. And I think it helps having Mark Bertram and Ian Holloway in that dressing room, two people who know the club so well and have such passion for the club. Mark Bertram has the passion from being a boyhood QPR fan. Ian Holloway has the passion from not only playing for the club, but managing the club during a very difficult situation and mm. almost taking it from its knees to, to winning promotion back to this level. So he's he's got such a, a deep-rooted passion for the club as well. And... You can see that in the the way that their team plays. Yeah, the way they're sending their teams out, and we'll certainly need that passion. And Ollie made a point afterwards that it's these games coming up now where QPR often do better in because against the teams where they are favourites, we often struggle. But we're going to be underdogs in both of these games: Wolverhampton Wanderers and then Sheffield United, who we welcome here on on Tuesday. Both at the top end of the championship, um, and I don't know what it was like during your playing days, Andy, because. I'm uh, I'm not old enough. Sorry, I didn't mean that. Um, but QPR were competing at the right end of the division then, weren't you? London's top club. But certainly in my time here, uh, stretching almost 11 years now, we've always seemed to perform better against the sides at the top end of the division. And like I say, we're going to need to do that in the next next week or so because we've got two two bloody tough games coming up. Yeah, we certainly are. You know, we're top of the league in town at the weekend. Um, but no, you're right. It's... It's probably synonymous with QPR that we seem to be better against the so-called better. I, I sometimes sense over the last few years there's a better atmosphere in the ground when mm. there's a lot more opposition fans in as well, you know. So they create something. We don't. Our fans don't want to be it's outdone. Siege mentality, yeah, almost. So we, um, we, we, we pull together, sort of thing, you know. So um, as I say, it's you, you, you can't fault the effort that the players are putting. We can, as I said a couple of times, we can. We can talk about, and Mark said about the final pass, the final cross, etc., etc. But we're in every game, and what I will say, it's easy to support anyone when they're doing well. We can all sit here, and we've won four in a row, five in a row, and that seems a little bit of a long way off. But it's it's at a time where you things aren't quite going 100% right. That like you need everyone, and we're going to need our fans to be a massive part of Saturday, massive part of Tuesday night, and stay with this side and try and will them over the line. As a as a player, if results aren't what you'd like, would you rather play the top team or a team that's struggling? Would you rather go look, put us up against the best because you know we, we feel we we've got more of an opportunity to show what we do. Whereas if we were have we had we have beaten Bolton last weekend, well it's Bolton they're bottom of the league they're struggling, doesn't mean anything. Don't beat them and have you not beaten Bolton they're bottom of the league so it's a bit of a lose lose. Yeah. Whereas Wolves at home, Wolves have got the best away record. In the league, they've picked up 13 points from six away games. They've got the best away defence, the equal best away attack. Cheers, Moss. <laughs> so they, they are the, the toughest fixture in town. As a player, is that the one you'd rather have? Personally, yes. Bring it on. That's what I want. I don't want to play another bottom of the league side where you know, you, the expectancy might be a little bit uh, more towards us. The stadium might be a little bit more flat. This place will be bouncing here. Wolves will pack their end there as they always do and quite rightly do you know they're excited at what they're seeing at their club uh, but I think it's people might laugh at this I think this is a great game for us and one if I'm sitting in that dressing room one I really really want to play in. and what I would say the game for me is about the players who take the pitch on Saturday you know always has been always will be about the players that take part the home form in 
general has been quite good. Obviously, one defeat in the league, which was last time out against Fulham, which I think you'd argue again. <laughs> I sound like a broken record again, but we perhaps deserve something from. So that will give Ian Holloway and his men hope that they can continue what has been largely a decent run of form here at Loftus Road. Yeah, home form has been great, and that's what you want. You know, QPR, we spoke about, you know, 100 years, a special place, special atmosphere, and we've got to make it special again on on. On Saturday, if you're saying to me, which I'm sure you might later on, you know how we're going to approach the game. Make the game hot. Make the game hot. Don't let Wolves settle. They've got good in players. their faces. You know, you look at what they spent during the summer. They brought people in like Neves, 16 million quid. Broke their record. You brought the lad in. Bonatelli scored goals. You know, Yotta, good players. They've got Caravana. You've got Costas not even playing at the minute. They spend heavily on Miranda. They've got John Ruddy in goal. Yeah. You know, um, I took them. I was thinking I might put the kiss of death on them. I took them. Is one of the three to get promoted. But I think it's a fantastic game, but one thing I do know, we can't sit off and let them play. How do we approach both of these games? Is it a case of being on the front foot? Do you, is it a case of not showing them too much respect as well? No, because no they're respect. teams that no haven't competed at the top end of the championship in recent years. Obviously, Sheffield United have just been promoted. You talk about being on the front foot, getting at them from the world go, but do you tactically, would you make changes or do you think that the way we've lined up in recent weeks again will suit us for the, for these two think, upcoming games. I think we'll obviously, uh, you know, they've done all the homework. That'll be done by now. They'll have a game plan formulated in their minds, whether they've worked through that Monday, Tuesday, or they wait till Thursday, Friday. You know, they'll, they'll know exactly what Wolves will throw at them. Uh, what I do know, well, Wolves are athletic. They're, they're they're quick on the break. They've got people, individuals. So you, you I was almost being flipping there and saying no respect. You've got to respect what they've got and mm. the abilities they've got. You've almost got to put that in your favour. If I'm playing against someone who's skillful and tricky, I don't give me. I don't give me. I watched the game at the weekend. You saw the way Huddersfield approached Man United. First tackle of the game, mm-hmm. Smith clatters uh, the left winger. He's basically saying, "You know what? I know you're a good player. I know you're a good side. I know you're the biggest team in the country. Yeah. But you've come to our place, and yeah. that's what you're going to get. And I think we've got to we've got to bring our crowd into play." And from Wolves' point of view, the longer they're competing towards the upper echelons of the division, the more hype, the more expectation. And Wolves are the you've played at Wolves, you yeah. know what their crowd are like. Yeah. They we've played them at Molyneux in recent years and they do turn on them very yeah. quickly. So it's important that we start the game on the it's front. Big front. expectancy up there. Uh, are know, they expecting now to get promoted given think, the position they're in? I think so. Yeah. I think there's a uh, you know, I'm up in that area quite a bit and I know people who support the club and I've got friends who go they're quite excited at what they've seen, but they're a little bit like what I've said sometimes about us, you know, we're, we're wolves and we'll maybe trip ourselves up from time to time. Yeah. But now there's a good feel around the club. They're going really, really well. Paul just come out with a few things there. You know, top scorers, best team away from home. They send that record, eh? But I think we, we impose ourselves and make the game hot, make it uncomfortable. And basically, same. if you're a good side, good players, you're going to have to work for every single thing you get today. It's certainly going to be an excellent atmosphere at Loftus Road on Saturday. Off the pitch, it's obviously been a a difficult week, if you like, with regards to FFP. A statement has come out this week on that. Ian, what is that statement and what does it all mean? Yeah, so as we're recording this, the statement's just come out in the last uh, hour or so, so depending on when you're listening to this. But uh, in short, an arbitral panel has dismissed the club's claim that the EFL's 2012 FFP rules were unlawful under competition law um, and also found that the fine levied by the EFL on the club was not disproportionate. Uh, that decision was released to the various parties on October the 19th. Lee, who's the chief exec, has responded to that uh, and also confirmed that the club 
will be appealing the decision. All the quotes will be on the club's website and the social media channels. But um, it's one of those, um, you know, you're governed by certain things that the club can't make any further comment at this present time. But it's very much business as usual. The club will continue to run as it did, as it does, I should say, um, aiming towards to get to a sustainable model. Um, and yeah, very much business as usual. And um, we'll continue to do all the great work that we do as a club. And Nandy, just bringing you in finally on that on this week's Loftcast. Um, some good news with regards to the Forever Rs this week and the, and the return of someone um, that has, has suffered a really hard time of late in, in Clark Carlisle. And he'll be joining Steve Wicks um, to get inducted into the Forever Rs against Wolves on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, delighted to have them both. You know, Stevie Wicks, um, two spells at the club, part of the second division team that uh, went up yeah we won't mention he played for Chelsea <laughs> exactly but uh, served this club really well so delight to see him back and uh, obviously thrilled a bit that Clark Carlisle is coming back because um, you know his problem has been well documented and I spoke to Clark back, back in August inviting him to this game which we had penciled in I think it was four or five weeks ago we, we get word of uh, something's happened again with mm. him and you're not quite sure what or to what extent. And um, so we left it for a while and we've been trying to get in touch to no avail. But uh, got through the other day to his partner and uh, they feel it's the right time for, for Clark to to come back to Loftus Road. So from, as I say, I couldn't be happier yesterday. Read something in the paper today about, you know, what he's been going through and yeah. his thought process. And it almost makes you want to weep, you know, because I... Puts a lot into perspective, doesn't it? I mean, yeah, we're, we, all came back, we all came back from Bolton and Sunderland and various QPR fans did as well. And yes, we're frustrated that the wins aren't coming at the moment. But when you read about the plight of one of your former players and the, and the real desperate times that he's yeah. had, and if you read the article in one of today's papers, you'll see that. It does put a lot into perspective. But it also goes to show that QPR is a football club will always support its former players and that's what the Forever Rs is all about. That's exactly what it's about. You know, football comes together, uh, but QPR, we're speaking about our club. Uh, that's why we want Clark Clark back at, back at the club. Um, that's what we wanted them back a, a few months ago and that's nothing changed in many senses on Saturday. He's back amongst people who will appreciate what he did. We can say thanks and we just want him to know Um that way as a club I think them and when he's got the support of everyone and hopefully he can move on with his life to uh, to better times. 